0: Welcome to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change. Brought to you by Command C.
1: Welcome back to another episode of ReCommerce. I'm Sarah and I'm here with Tiffany who is a tech lead on the Command C team. Hey, Tiff. Hey, Sarah. Today, we are going to do a whole bunch of demystification around Shopify flow. Um, so this tool is really cool. One of the reasons why I sort of personally cool for me is that um, I've always said that our mission at Command C is to build better technology with the mission of allowing merchants to focus more on the work they love and focus on their customers without sort of constantly getting roadblocked by the technology that they're using. And Shopify Flow is just like another extension of that same idea. So Shopify Flow is a plus only feature designed to help automate operational tasks that you find yourself as an administrator doing repeatedly.
0: Shopify Flow gives you kind of a really user-friendly visual flowchart way to define decisions that you, for lack of a better explanation, want the computer to make for you. So uh, it comes with a list of triggers, a list of conditions and a list of actions. Uh, And you basically say, okay, the trigger is that an order has been placed. And if the order meets these criteria, I would like to do these things. And if you imagine that someone on your team has always previously had to make those decisions and possibly one at a time, as each order came in, you can start to see the the time savings from automating decisions really add up. I think it's helpful to think about this
1: tool sort of in terms of the results categories. So there are three main areas where flow can have impact. Do you want to kind of break those down for
0: us? Flow has a big impact on your ability to complete customer service tasks and to sort of reward and engage customer loyalty. Additionally, flow can assist you with merchandising and marketing tasks, things that happen uh, within your team on the back end that surround product inventory or, you know, product merchandising, positioning on the front end of the site. Um, And then, of course, there is the operations item, which is one of my favorite ways that this can have a huge impact because this is a part of e-commerce that no one really sees. Oftentimes when I explain to people what it is that I do for a living, uh, I end up explaining this entire crazy back end of the iceberg that exists underneath the water whenever they order something from their favorite retailer online, and then they all look at me like I'm crazy. But that whole big section of iceberg requires a lot of automation because it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So speaking of work, how does
1: flow work?
0: That was a really good segue, Sarah.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm kind of embarrassed. <laughs> practice that one? <laughs> no, I think it's really, really actually kind of bad. But.
0: I love it. We're keeping it. Uh. <laughs> so, as I mentioned earlier, Flow works on this concept of triggers, conditions, and actions. Triggers, like I said, are things that just happen and not only things that happen within Shopify itself, but many of the apps that exist in the Shopify app store also have their own triggers that let you tap into the functionality that they already have with flow. It's a really exciting way to extend your automation beyond just the scope of the things I mentioned earlier, customer service, merchandising, operations. This is customers, products, and orders, if we think about it in terms of the data structures that it impacts. Each of those triggers then has a condition or the option for you to set a condition. And you know, if I, if I talk through a very basic trigger, it looks a very basic workflow. It looks like this. Uh, when a product is added to the store, check to see if that product contains product title contains the word t-shirt. If it does, add the tag, new t-shirt, trigger, condition, action. I mentioned tags in that example because in Shopify, so many things on the front end and functionally too can be driven by tags. The presence of tags within a product or a customer or an order allow all of these decisions to be made automatically. A second really powerful tool that, flow gives us is messaging. So distributing messages to your internal team, to your distributors, uh, to really anyone for whom you have an email address or to whom you can send an HTTP request, distributing those messages when things happen in Shopify can greatly simplify The need for your team to, for example, go in three times a day and double-check to make sure that there were no high-risk orders and then process those orders accordingly. Or go in once a week and double-check to see if anyone who's ever purchased more than $1,000 worth of stuff from your store – has been contacted by a salesperson yet. So these kinds of of interactions can all be automated. And it's not just emails. I mentioned that it can happen over an API too. So that means this can push into project management tools like Trello and Asana. It can also push directly to Slack. And we all love getting Slack notifications about stuff that we're supposed to do. (laughs) So what we, what we do with this messaging capability is we dramatically improve end-to-end communications surrounding orders, uh, surrounding stock movements. One of my favorite examples of these, just sort of a partial example, um, is the idea that a distributor, if you drop ship your products, that a distributor can be notified immediately if an order was high risk and asked to hold that order back. Because a lot of times if someone else other than your warehouse is shipping the order, they don't really have any reason to ever stop they're just going to keep going as long as the orders come in because that's their job. And so this provides an additional check and balance for you to make sure that all of your orders are legitimate and that you're not shipping things that are ultimately just going to be returned.
1: Mm -hmm. Something that I've been thinking a lot about since Shopify released Flow is, um, so Flow is kind of interesting, right? Because it's like, it's not a part of the Shopify core. Um, It's very specific to Plus, but I also wouldn't, you know, even with Plus, like I wouldn't call it, you know, an out of the box feature with Shopify um, because there's so much kind of customization around it that has to be done in order to leverage it. Um, but it's also not an external app, um, so it kind of exists in this this interesting space of a Shopify feature that is specific to. A specific version of the platform that has to be manually customized in order to use. Um, which kind of gets me thinking around about like the decision making behind with from Shopify's perspective of like, why isn't this just you know an out-of-the-box feature? for their aside from like financial motivation, but like why isn't this just an out-of-the-box feature not only for Shopify but for like all e-commerce platforms? Like it seems like such a ubiquitous tool? Why kind of position
0: it in the way that they've positioned it? Yeah, the real question for me is some of these workflows are so ubiquitous that they have always felt to me like, oh, man, it it should just do this out of the box. When I add a product to the store, it should just stick a new tag on it, right? Like, I shouldn't have to do that. Um, When a high risk order is placed, it should just put it in a hold status. I shouldn't have to do that. So as I start to say those things, though, Well, aside from the fact that I just used the word I 16 times, and it's clear that that only applies to my specific use case, uh, Mm -hmm. what flow really does is it lets – it gives us access to the logic that drives these decisions without prescribing for us what decisions we should and should not be making – And that's something I see over and over again with Shopify kind of as a, I don't know if it's a philosophy, but it seems like it kind of underlies a lot of the tools that they build for us as developers and that they build for merchants tend to fall into this bucket of giving you the power to set these things up in a way that meets your specific needs without prescribing to you like, these are the tasks. This is a very concrete list of tasks you can choose from and you can either do these or not, but this is it. And so what Mm -hmm. flow does is just bypass that. So let's say that um, my theme developers made my theme use the tag new dash product. So my options with the prescribed version would be that I would have to go in and modify thousands of products to say new instead of new dash product. But with this, I don't I don't have to. And it's now extensible. And the limit is really my creativity. How creative can I get with the options that they give us? And they add options all the time. I jumped in again, uh, earlier this week, just to kind of make sure that I had a good sense of where everything was. And um, there are a bunch of new options surrounding orders, a bunch of new values that we can use for conditions that, you know, weren't there. A little bit ago. So I think that this is going to continue to grow. And I think they're going to gradually expose more and more to us to be able to use in this creative fashion. But again, I think it's stepping away from self-prescription. <laughs> You're listening to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change, brought to you by Command C, a development team that saves e-commerce retailers from outdated tech and ineffective operations, with a strong focus on Magento and Shopify Plus. You can learn more about how we help at commandc.com.
1: All right, so let's get a little deeper here and dig into some concrete quote unquote, again, air quotes, my favorite thing to do on a podcast, (laughs) um, flows that merchants can
0: set up. So I was thinking about some cool examples that, that I could share with y'all. And, and one that I've been playing with a little bit recently is, uh, really has to do with accepting pre-orders and reservations. So pre-orders are always a tricky problem to solve, particularly in a hosted platform, because they often require multiple transactions. They often require a lot of customer, or they can require a lot of customer communication and customer expectation setting. So... This is your customer service team having to do potentially a lot of work. This is your marketing team have to prepare emails. And what Flow would let us do is accept partial payment reservations and tag those orders when they come in. Not only tag those orders, but tag the customers. So let's assume that a customer reserves a product that won't be available for purchase until later, and they pay $100 down on that product. They're checking out of your Shopify store with a $100 product. This is not the final product, this is just the reservation that they've purchased. So Flow can be used to tag that order only when the payment for the reservation is complete. So the customers who have purchased the reservation can later be easily segmented to receive instructions for completing their order. So now we have a list of customers who completed payment on this reservation. And if we combine this with custom functionality that your development team puts together to generate coupon codes, this is outside the scope of flow, but for example, to generate coupon codes, you would have a completely automated reservation and complete your purchase workflow, whereby to everyone whom you have tagged as a pre-order reservation You assign a coupon code. That coupon code is automatically generated in Shopify. And then an email is sent to them also automatically by your own app that you build this again as custom functionality. But Flow gives us the ability to set up the tags that drive this functionality. And they receive their email, their expectations about how to complete their purchase. They complete their purchase. And because we can track where the customer comes from inside Flow, We can also tag their follow-up purchase with the campaign or any other UTM variables that you might assign in that email that you send out so that you now end-to-end have tracked your customer from the first time they entered your site and pre-ordered this product through their receipt of the product. You'll also additionally have a tag to help you determine that they're an early adopter. This is somebody who was excited about your product before it was even available. This is somebody you want to continue to market to. Um, And this is where the customer relations piece of what we mentioned in the first segment really comes in. You just have so much more data and it's data that your team didn't have to assign or extract manually. Mm -hmm. I mentioned, I think, a little bit the product merchandising component. And the new tag example, so adding a new tag to a product. There are additional ways to leverage this. Stock movements is another one that we see people use a lot. So when a product becomes out of stock, let's automatically remove it from visibility so it doesn't appear inside collections as out of stock and not purchasable anymore. When a product comes back into stock, let's go ahead and add it back potentially when it comes back into stock, we want to give it a tag that would trigger some other automation. I could see this potentially being used for restock notifications or even just to create a special collection of, you know, recently back in stock items. Again, all of this speaks to the way your marketing team wants to target your specific audience. Great. One final example that I mentioned briefly, um, but has to do with risk analysis. Uh, Within Flow, we have access to all of the risk analysis factors from the order. And so you are able to flag an order. You're able to send an internal notification based on the risk status of an order. And it just sort of gives you the ability to remind a human to take a look at something that A machine has already determined might be risky, but it also may be a legitimate customer who really is excited about your product. And you just have reduced the effort required for your customer service team to confirm whether or not that is the case by setting up a workflow that automatically flags an order and sends a Slack notification to your fraud team, for example. I hope you don't have to have a fraud team, but if you have one, they could be notified.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. Well, just what an empowering tool. Um, Thank you for kind of breaking down those examples for us. It's really helpful. And uh, thanks for another great discussion.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us again for another episode of ReCommerce.